We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Notre Dame fans, welcome back to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. It is Monday. You know what that means. It's recruiting hour time. So my name is Brian Driscoll. I'm joined by my director of recruiting at Irish Breakdown, Ryan Roberts. And we've got a lot of stuff to talk about today, Ryan. It was a strange weekend, right? Uh, And we'll just kind of jump right into it. Justin Rett decommitted from Notre Dame. And it was kind of an interesting... 20 minute 30 minute period we hurt got when that he had decommitted and we were both caught way off guard right because look i'm just going to be honest with people like a lot of times like we have an idea what's going on this is not one of those times we did not see this one coming and he was the guy that we always thought was really solid to notre dame and so that's what really caught us off guard and then we started doing some digging and we found out that there was more to it than meets the eye it's not an NIL situation, so I know that's everyone's go-to now. Every kid that Notre Dame doesn't get or decommits, it's NIL. That's the new boogeyman, right? It used to be the admissions department. Now it's the NIL. There's a lot more to it than that, Ryan. We'll just leave it at it's it's um, not a great fit. And so uh, if you want to get the full scoop, we've got the update at Irish Breakdown uh, on the premium message board. So that's where that kind of thing will be. It's a little bit of a touchy situation in regards to what it is so that's why we put it behind a uh, our paywall as aspect of it so check that out but uh sounds like it was kind of a i'd say a, a mutual decision right is the nice way of saying it ryan um but uh however the reason that he left it's a loss this is a loss for Notre Dame. justin rett's a good football player there's no doubt about it yeah, no, nah, I mean, I, I don't want to, I don't want people to misunderstand this, right? Like, I, I don't think that it's the, I don't think it's going to be the end of the world type of situation mm-hmm. when all is said and done, but it's definitely a loss. I mean, we have talked about Justin Wright. He's a top 100 player in this class, in the 2023 class. We both think that he can have top 50 upside at the position as well. So he's a really talented player. He's a good football, right? Football player right now with his, up with, the best football ahead of him down the road. So he's a very good football player. It's a loss. Absolutely. Unfortunately, just some things just don't always work out, right? Like it is unfortunate that it happened this way. It's unfortunate that we are in the, uh, that Notre Dame is in the position that they are now with the cornerback recruiting, because it was already not looking great as it currently stood, even with Justin Rett in the class. But unfortunately, Justin Rett's going to be a really good college player. It's just not going to be at Notre Dame. It seems. Look, and I I liked him. He was a top 150 kid on my current grade, but he was a he's a legitimate top 100 talent. There's no question about it. And so this isn't going to be one of those things where it's like, well, you know, he's really not that good anyway. This was not a situation where Notre Dame decided to move on because they didn't think he was good or there's better players on the board necessarily. There's other guys on the board they like a lot, like just as much, but it's not about that. It's not about his talent and his ability. So that decision has been made. Justin announced it on Saturday. And so now Notre Dame is in a situation, right? And you talked about it is, you know, cornerback is an important position in this class. And and the interesting thing is you look at Notre Dame and the board is very intriguing for some reasons that we'll discuss, but you know, this is a big year for Notre Dame at cornerback recruiting, but it's not the, the nice thing is the good thing is the saving grace, so to speak, is that it's not a big numbers year 
for Notre Dame from a need standpoint because you have you have three cornerbacks on the cl- on the roster from the 2021 class. They all took red shirts last year. Then you have Jaden Mickey and Benjamin Morrison coming in, which in my opinion is my highest graded one two punch of cornerback since. I mean, I'd probably have to go back to like Darren Walls and Rashawn Rashawn McNeil, right back in like the 06 class. So very highly thought of duo. And then now it's like, you know, okay, now it's about impact talent more than numbers. So I believe we said early on that if they just get one guy, you can live with that, but you'd really like to have two. And I think the reason that's important to note now is because of the fact that right now, Ryan, there's three corners on the board. Two of them could very well end up being offensive players in college. And so that's what kind of makes it unique. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. My wife likes to think of herself as a coffee expert. So when we decided to give Trade Coffees a try, she was excited to see what they had to offer. And we were not disappointed. After figuring out a short quiz that matches you with just the right coffee, we received the Holmes blend from Sparrows Coffee in Grand Rapids, Michigan. The Nostalgia Series blend that she received from Sparrows Coffee made an immediate impression as soon as she opened the box. And once she brewed the Holmes blend the next morning, she was able to enjoy a rich, smooth cup of coffee with a very robust flavor. My wife is quite picky about her coffees, but you can be sure that she'll once again be buying from Sparrows Coffee and we'll be going back to Trade Coffee for another shot at getting a tasty blend from a regional company. You have to give Trade's Coffee a try. Trade's Coffee team actually tastes thousands of coffees to keep 450 different kinds live and ready to ship every day. There's no one perfect coffee, but there is a perfect coffee for you and Trade's human-powered algorithm will find it. Trade is so confident they'll match you right the first time that if they don't, they'll take your feedback and an actual coffee expert will work with you to send a brand new bag for free. What we learned is that Trade Coffee send you freshly roasted beans from 60 of the country's best craft roasters. Small businesses who pay farmers fair prices to substantially source the greatest beans from around the world. Trade's Coffee's experts personally taste over 450 roasts so they know exactly what to recommend for you. Just answer a couple of questions and you get your own personalized variety of coffees delivered fresh to you as soon as you like. No gimmicks. Trade delivers a fresh bag of roasted coffee as whole beans or ground for however you brew it at home. And they guarantee you'll love your first order or they'll replace it for free. Trade has delivered over 5 million bags of fresh coffee. And right now, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off your first order plus shipping when you go to drinktrade.com forward slash Irish. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com forward slash Irish and let trade find you a coffee you'll love. That's drinktrade.com forward slash Irish for $30 off. But let's just kind of go over the board, Ryan, and talk about the three guys that are on the board and where things stand. And I think the guy that we'll start it off with is the guy that, that they've just been on the longest, you know, at least publicly the longest, the guy that things uh, seem to be in, in the best, not the best shape with, but where they've been, the consistency has been there. And that's Christian Gray from St. Louis, Missouri. He's from DeSmet Jesuit. Was a guy that a lot of people had crystal balled or forecasted or whatever the different things are now. Uh, the predictors had him to Notre Dame. Recently, last couple months, Ryan, we haven't felt as great about that. It's an interesting one because if you talk to sources on one side, there's a lot of confidence in Notre Dame. Christian talked to, to Sean Davis this weekend, said all the right things about Notre Dame. But I just, Ryan, this is one where I just, I don't feel as strong about Notre Dame's 
standing with Christian Gray as maybe some other people do. But you also talk to Christian. So, yeah. you know, kind of what's the latest with him and, and where do you see things for Notre Dame and Christian Gray at the moment? Yeah, I, I was I was interested to see Sean's conversation because he definitely got a different tone, I thought, uh, from Christian's perspective than I personally did. You know, I, I got a chance to speak to him last week, and I have kind of been on the same wavelength with you that I think that Notre Dame was the absolute player at one point in this recruitment, and then it got slowed down, right? And then Ohio State started getting in the mix. LSU started getting into the mix. Some big programs started being getting into the conversation with Christian Gray, and I am at the point now where I think that Notre Dame is not the leader. I think that they're coming from the back. I think that they're making a hard push, and I think that Christian Gray is definitely still excited and very – I mean, he what he likes Notre Dame, and he likes to, to have the conversations. He likes the coaches. He says all the right things, like I said, but I am just under the impression from my conversation that I don't think that this is a – foregone conclusion that they are number one for Justin Rett. I think that this is going to be a fight until the end. I do agree with that, but I think that they're fighting from behind right now. I don't think that this is something where you feel great about if you're Notre Dame, but I do think that other schools have just gotten into the mix. So now this is a questionable one at, at most for me right now is, is I don't, yeah. I think that they're in the group, but I don't, I do, definitely don't think that they're the leader like some people do. So here's here's kind of the interesting thing that I've been able to gather kind of talking to different people, Ryan, is is that Notre Dame, you know, I, I think that Notre Dame's confidence is more in the long game. And and from talking to some different people this weekend, I feel like staff is aware. My concern is the staff was unaware. I thought the staff was kind of going to get caught off guard and that they didn't see – they don't see LSU and Ohio State, especially LSU, because his former high school coach is there being the threat that we see him being. So, you know, I, I reached out to a few people this weekend and, and uh, they're aware. So that, that was the thing is they're very aware. It's just, I think they're kind of playing the long game here. And, and so one of the things I've, I've talked to a few different sources, you know, that, that know people on the staff and things like that. I think the one thing that, that part of the reason I believe that confidence is, is because this staff has a different approach in that, nobody's going to stop recruiting Notre Dame's commits when they commit. So why should they stop recruiting other people's commits if they want those guys? That made me happy to hear that, you know? So, but again, flipping guys is not an easy task, but it's nice that they're going to stay on it, but I I'm with you. It'd be nice to see it. I think the fact that he came for a one day trip uh, in the middle of April, when he's going to spring games and these other things like, is another thing that just kind of adds up to it. Cause it, at the end of the day, Ryan, I don't really care what he says to people. I'm a I'm an actions person at this point in time. I mean, Amorian Walker told Notre Dame for months that he was all all Notre Dame, and what do we say then? <laughs> Believe it when I see it, right? And and so this is one where I'm just not as confident. But they're battling, and he made a comment to you that I thought was a pot that number one showed that we're right on our read of this situation but also was an, uh, an encouraging one. And it was one he kind of, it was kind of at the very end of your article about the trajectory for Notre Dame in his recruitment. So I was just going to say in, in the piece on Irish Breakdown, if you want to go take a look, I put it out last week after I talked to Christian, basically kind of the whole gist of it on the board was the fact that he has been assumed to be at the top of Notre Dame. Notre Dame has been at the top of his board for a long time. That is the perception from a lot of people. The reality is, is that he literally said they're moving up in the group for him, right? So that tells you, first and foremost, you can't move up if you're at the top, right? Like that that's pretty much common sense there. So that tells me other people are definitely in the conversation. So they are moving up, which is a positive sign, like Brian yeah. said, but that definitely does still illustrate the fact that they are not number one as you a can't move stance. up if you're number one. Exactly. I mean, that's that's the reality of it. So it did kind of confirm that aspect of it. But I did I did find and then that was followed two or three days later by him saying even more glowing things to Sean about Notre Dame. So that obviously was right. was a positive. And, and so clearly Christian Gray is a guy that the staff likes. Mm -hmm. You know, he's a he's a kid that's got really good length for someone listed at five eleven, six foot. He we've seen some strange things with Christian Gray. We've seen we've seen him listen to anywhere from five eleven to over six one. You know, we saw Ohio State had him, you know, on his, at their camp this past summer as a four four one, four four two. I I don't see that kind of speed on film, but he's a really smooth, fluid, smart cornerback. 
Uh, it's good, good. I mean, legit top 150 caliber player to me, Ryan. And, and uh, you know, a guy that, that I understand why the staff likes him. I do. I, right. I don't think he's a great player, but I think he's another good football player that would help continue to just bolster a, a, a position group that needs to continue to be bolstered. Yeah, I, I think I think his baseline is good, right? Like again, you say he he comes from a good school, obviously out there in St. Louis. He's played a lot of football. He's very technically sound for his age. So I think there's a lot of good things. And like you said, the length is solid there. I agree. I don't quite see four four flat speed like that Ohio State right. you know camp had said, but I, I think he has solid enough speed. Like I think he has a smooth overall athletic profile. So I think there's a good baseline for him being a, a good corner on the next level. But I, I personally compared to some of the other players on the board and even Justin Rett that just decommitted, like I just don't see the upside with Christian Gray. Right. I think he's a good player, a top 200 player. Absolutely. I just don't, I don't know if I see number one corner type of makeup right. with him. I think he's a really solid number two on the next right. level. And, and I, but I think that's an upgrade for what we've seen. Like to me, he, you know he's a he's an intriguing player. So where's he's a guy that I'm really curious to see how he does as a senior to see if that speed that he supposedly has shows up on film because sometimes kids are really fast. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't necessarily show up on film, and then eventually it does. Yeah. So let's talk about the number two guy uh, on this list, and it's not number two in order of preference. It's just kind of we're just kind of saying that kind of going on like more of a time frame of how long they've been considered in the game. It's a very intriguing player, and this is where we kind of get in some into some interesting discussion, and that is Micah Tease from Tulsa, Oklahoma, goes to Booker T. Washington High School. If uh, you're a longtime Notre Dame fan like myself, you'll remember that Notre Dame got a couple dudes from Booker T. Washington back in the day with the last name Brooks, Tony Brooks, and obviously Reggie Brooks were both from Booker T. in Tulsa, Oklahoma, so there's obviously a connection there. Very, very interesting recruitment, Ryan, in that this is a young man who seemed like Oklahoma was going to be the team to beat. The latest things that we're hearing is that maybe Oklahoma isn't as as locked in as people thought. They want him to play safety. They're pretty dead set on that. He wants at least a shot on offense and more of a, a corner view, which has allowed other programs, including Notre Dame, to sneak in. So this is a really intriguing recruitment Ryan and a guy that I know that you're super high I, I like him a lot too I know but you're super high on on Micah Tease yeah no I, I love Micah because I, I think that that athletic profile I think he's a really explosive player I think he has great ball skills which is why a lot of programs do like him on the offensive side of the football and the first time I talked to him Brian I know we talked about this before I thought Notre Dame was running a clear second when I talked to him right like I thought like you did and like we have both thought for a while now I thought Oklahoma was just going to be really tough to to beat in this one because getting a kid out of Booker T out of out of the state of Oklahoma is just going to be tough in general, especially when you're talking about now going all the way over to South Bend, Indiana. So it's not it's just not it just didn't seem like it was going to be an easy pull for Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. But the thing about it is now is is I talked to someone close on the Oklahoma recruiting side of things, and they told me exactly what you just illustrated, right? He wants to play offense. He does. Like, it just point blank, he wants to have a shot to play offense. Oklahoma is very particular, and they are very – you're, you're going to play defensive back if you come here, and that's all you're going to play. They're not offering him an opportunity to play on the offensive side of the football. Notre Dame has opened up the option as an athlete. We would like you at corner, ideally, but we will offer you an opportunity to play wide receiver. So you have that athlete's title next to your name. So he has an option. That's why I think now, Brian, if Oklahoma is truly out of the out of the race, and it seems like they are because I was told that Oklahoma is not moving off of it. They're not like changing their perspective. They're not changing their recruitment. They literally said, We're t- we take you as a defensive back or we don't take you, basically, right? right? So if, if Oklahoma is out of the picture, I think Notre Dame has a really good chance here. I really do. Because I, I don't know, besides for, Oklahoma, besides for Oklahoma and Notre Dame, when I talked to them last time, I don't know if there's a number three. I don't know if there's a team that's like right. clear next guy for Micah T. So I think Notre Dame's in a great spot. I think Notre Dame has gotten, and I Brian can attest to this, I texted him, I'm like, that's a great move by Notre Dame putting the athlete title next to him, man. Giving yeah. him that option. Because – and we're told I, it's legitimate, Ryan. Like that's the yes. thing. Like, if he's dead set on playing offense, they will give him that opportunity. And, right. and the the off and it's not a thing where it's like, oh, well, we'll let you. Uh, it was more of a, a 
yeah, offensive coach is like, sure, if he wants, you know what I mean? So uh, it would be a legitimate opportunity if he so chooses. But they have also told him that they like, they think his future is best at corner. And and I tend to agree. I mean, it, it's kind of like, look, with a lot of other guys, like there's there's a lot of players that that are his size with good athleticism at receiver. There aren't a lot of kids that to me that have his kind of potential at corner. And that's just right. a position of greater, greater need. We're seeing more and more kids wanting to play offense these days because of, you know, I think NIL is part of it because your know, receivers are more offensive players just tend to be more known and get the love and the respect and all that other kind of stuff. Right. I mean, you're, you're not seeing a lot of people putting Nico deals out for middle linebackers or free safeties, unfortunately. And, and, and so I, I get it, and some kids just like having the ball. But you know, his, his upside is still greater at corner, and I do like the fact, and I think it's going to help them that Notre Dame has been honest with them. I think kids look vast majority of kids just be honest with me and, and and just tell me the truth. And I actually respect what Oklahoma's doing here. If if what we're being told is accurate, I respect it. Don't lie to the kid to get him there and then switch him as soon as right. he gets there. I I respect saying, hey, look, we don't see you there. We see you here. Sure, and and so when when Notre Dame tells him he can do both, that's always my first question: is okay, are they just telling him that to make him happy? But then you talk to people, and you find out like, no, no, they 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 could see him helping on offense too. It's really about where does he want to play, and then the board will have to fit accordingly. Right, right. Well, I I think it's a really good idea because I mean, I I personally was I liked Mike Atiz's wide receiver film. I think he's a I think he could be a really good wide receiver on the college level. But I do agree. I think the upside is higher a corner because when you start talking about that, those ball skills, that body control, that speed, that explosiveness at cornerback for a guy that's had the split time at both. I think when he settles in at one position and especially he's going to kind of take a massive step forward. And I think that cornerback just kind of presents a little bit of a higher upside for him. So I think Notre Dame is going to be in a good position here. Now, obviously, they have to close. There's going to be other programs that are going to try to get into this, especially, I mean, because we're talking about this right now. As soon as Oklahoma's out of the picture, now you're feeling a little better about your chances. I think other programs are going to say that now, too. Like, oh, let's make a harder push because we thought that may have been not a foregone conclusion. Right, right. So I think that it has opened up opportunity, and I think that Notre Dame has as good a chance as anybody for Mike Atiz right now. And he's been on campus multiple times before, not not one time, not two times, several times. So I think that they have a good chance here. And I mean, I'm not going to, his upside is not quite to that of Justin Rett, but it would certainly soften the blow a little bit if you're able to get Mike Atiz, who I didn't think was much of a possibility at one point. So, right. We did get a super chat here from Brandon DeSanti. Thank you for that, Brandon. Appreciate it very, very much. He has another super chat later, Ryan, that we will get to when we get to the Q&A session because it is about the Notre Dame running backs on the current team. So we will get to that, Brandon, but I did want to I did want to pull up that super chat and thank you for that as well. Ryan, there, there, there's another kid on the board that you know, we're, we're kind of having him last for a couple reasons for me and – that number one is because he's most recent on the board. They didn't offer him to what was a March 17th. It's like barely over a month ago. You broke the news last night that he has actually already set an official visit to Notre Dame June 10th. That is Micah Bell from Houston, Texas, Kincaid high school. It's a real, he's an intriguing kid, Ryan, because I'd never heard of the kid till Notre Dame offered him just because, you know, my focus is, is kind of at the, up to the, up to this point in time is usually just on the, the board for Notre Dame is over the next couple months, as we get closer to the SI 99 rankings, I'll start looking more and more just the whole nation when it comes to breaking down recruits and things along those lines. But, you know, it, it, he's an intriguing player because you look at the ranking, you see three star from rivals and all these other things. And you're just like, okay, well, this is interesting. Like why did Notre Dame offer him? Cause they've already got Justin Rett in the class at the time. You know, people thought Christian Gray was in a great spot. Micah Teague, they're making tease, they're making a move on and that kind of thing. Uh, so when you look at when you look at at Micah Bell's film, the first thing you see, Ryan, is wow. Like I looked <laughs> at the film before I looked at the track numbers. Like, because my that's one of these I saw the films like I bet you this kid runs track. This kid is explosive. Mm-hmm. Ryan, speed for days. 
Well, we talked about if Christian Gray's 4-4 flat may be legit. I'll tell you what, Mike Bell might be if, if you told me he ran that yes. fast, man. If Christian Gray's a 4-4-1, Mike Bell's a 4 2 8 <laughs> right, right. I mean, man, it's not a kid, knock on Christian Gray. He's a good football no. player. This kid can flat out fly. Yeah, and I'm trying to get a little bit of insight because I'm curious if some teams like him more at running back or as a slot receiver. Because, like you said, Brian, I mean, he's mostly a running back and return specialist for his team. I mean, he had only had like 18 total tackles last year and no interceptions, but he's a dominant running back, over eight yards a carry. Also a, a kick returner and has some impressive numbers in that department. And, and I mean, that speed translates on film. And then you look at the track numbers, you're like, that's verified, right? Like 10, mm-hmm. 10, six, one. I think you said it was a 10, three, four, he eight. Eight has a eight eight. time than that. The 10, six is not his best time anymore. He has a 10, three something eighted, but he actually about two, two and a half, three weeks ago mm-hmm. had a, a 10, four, six at a event this spring. It's great. That time. was a, 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 his, his new personal record. So, that actually updated within the last few days because when I looked at his times about a week and a half ago, Ryan, it was the 10-6 was considered his personal best. He's yeah. had some March numbers added to his file now, and he now has a 10-4-6. Not the win-aided 10-3 from last year, a 10-4-6. Yeah. That is absolutely smoking. And his 100-meter dash time and his 200-meter dash time, just for context, are both, I, I believe, both faster the 100 is definitely faster. I think the 200 is also faster than what Troy Pride was as a junior at Greer High School in South Carolina. Yeah. And if y'all don't know, he was a four, I mean, he was a four, four flat kid who ran track at Notre Dame and Troy Pride mm-hmm. was. So that this is, this kid can absolutely fly. Now I think off, off the, the one thing I wrote in the article, I, I did an article uh, two. I've done kind of two articles talking about these guys in, in different forms. But the thing that I wrote in the article today where we talked about the two-way players for Notre Dame, which will be a topic of a soon-to-be uh, film breakdown session, is that a lot of these kids tend to look better on offense early in their careers because offense is a more natural position for young people. It's moving forward. It's just, you know, it's what you do growing up, right? You usually put the best athlete at, you know, eight, nine, ten years old at running back. And, and so the defensive part for these two-way players tends to come later. Right. And that's the thing is whether you're talking about Ronan Hannafin, whether you're talking about Micah Tease, we've talked about Michael Bell or Jeremiah Love, all of them are more natural now on offense. Ronan Hannafin is probably the best defensive player now of the group. But when you look at a kid like Micah Bell, he screams corner, 5'11, long arms, 165 pounds, physical, but not big, and just tremendous, tremendous speed and, and good ball skills. I mean, he doesn't play, we don't have a ton of film of him playing corner. But the film we have, it, it it the kid can move. So oh, for sure, highest ceiling of all the guys on this board, in my opinion, as a pure corner. And here's the one thing: one thing I know of, I don't know what position he's going to play, offense or defense. I love him on defense. There's one position we know he's going to play in college: returner, kick returner. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, kick and punt returner. He's whether no matter. I don't care if he's corner, free safety, strong safety, nose guard, wherever he's going to play, kid's going to return kicks. For sure. And he is dynamic. The only kid I've seen with better football speed than him in the last seven, eight years that Notre Dame has recruited is Chris Tyree. And it's Mm -hmm. close. It's close. This kid can flat out run. Well, I'm glad you said something about the arm length, Brian, because I wanted to make, I wanted to actually verify that with you because I actually thought his length was pretty good yeah. considering he's only five eleven or whatever kid, it is. Yeah. Long arms. You can see and, when he's holding the ball too, Ryan, because like he's like engulfing that thing. You know, he's got the length. There's no doubt about it. And I have real high upside with them at corner because not only can you run, one thing that I thought too is I thought he had really good stop start. Like I thought he was incredibly explosive. Then you look at the track again, 23-6 in the long jump last year too. So this kid's an explosive right. football player in general. So what are the chances Notre Dame has with them? I mean, we're, we're hearing that Notre Dame is like, he's definitely interested in Notre Dame. I talked to him. I got the same vibe. This is going to be his second time on campus this June 10th visit. So we still have some time until he takes the visit. So we'll see what happens with him. But he's definitely an interesting player that Notre Dame has only offered most recently in March. So a guy new to the board, but Notre Dame likes him. I mean, he told me that they talk to him every single week. So he's not, I, I you know, how high of a priority is. I think he's definitely a take from everything that I'm kind of gathering yes, from no this question. position. 
Yeah, from what I from what I gathered this weekend, they would take all three of those guys that we talked about today because yeah. there is the like. And honestly, if you get all three, it makes it easier to move a Micah Tease to receiver at that point in time if he wants to play there. So my understanding is they would take all three. Yeah, and point. I mean, I I would take him too because, like you said, Christian Gray, we may not be as high a uh, high high on when you talked about the upside kind of conversation with them. But if he gives you that baseline, if you're able to get a guy like a Christian yeah. Gray, and then you could take a guy like a Micah Bell who has substantially higher upside, but maybe isn't ready to play a, t- a college football early on, at least on the defensive side of the football, it's huge. Yeah. And, and he's the it, best defense. He's the best corner now. Right. Christian Gray, without question, is the best corner on the board now. Corner. Agreed. Agreed. Now, those other guys have higher upside, but uh, – I kind of feel like I am sometimes a little too hard on Christian Gray. And I think some of my reaction is more about in response to what others have said about him, you know, like his times and stuff more so than him. He's a good football player. And I I think I need to be careful about how I talk about him because as I said, I grade this kid out as a top 150 football player. That's a good football player, especially a cornerback for Notre Dame that, you know, that that's a kid that can play. So I, I, that's probably on me sounding a little a little bit harsher on him than than probably I should. It's just more about like the reaction to the Ohio State saying he's a four four one, et cetera, et cetera. Look, right. Ryan Barnes isn't a four four one, and I love that kid, right? Jaden Mickey's not a four four one. Benjamin Morrison's probably not that kind of speed. Love those kids. It's so that's really where a lot of my negative kind of feel comes. It's not about Christian as a player. He's a good football player. He's a top one fifty kid. And if that four four one speed that Ohio State had on his thing starts showing up on film, his ranking skyrockets because he's very fluid. And, mm-hmm. he, and as I said, he's by far the most instinctive defensive player on the board, right, left on the board. And that included Justin Rett. I mean, as far as just being a natural defensive player, there's Christian Gray plays offense. He does. There's no question, however, what side of the ball he's best at, and that's defense. So that is the one thing I did want to make sure that we got clear about about that as well. Yeah, I mean, all, all all these guys that are on the board are really, really nice all around athletes, right? Like they're all like I just want this to be kind of you know put into the universe a little bit. Like Micah Bell is incredibly fast. I think Micah Tease is fast as well, not nearly to that degree. But they're all both they're both actually also quick twitch players. So like don't don't do this twist that these are just. Just straight line why, why they're good with the ball in their hands and why they project to play offense. Exactly. Exactly. So I like Michael Bell a ton. Uh, I didn't know what to expect from him. Cause like you said, Brian, the rankings are all over the place. I mean, three star on some accounts. And I think he's like one twenty something on, on three, if I remember, or seven three star. Right. Right. So it's, it's all over the place on him, man. I would say he's a high upside athlete. There's no doubt about it. And his production kind of backs that up. I mean, he, I, I could see him playing as a, offensive just playmaker yeah. right like he's just don't so give a small name. that's the, right. like he's thin for that side of the ball in my opinion like that would be that would be my uh would be my thing about that so yep. i would i would be curious to see how that kind of plays out but i think christian gray too is christian gray lacks the explosiveness of those other players he's probably got the loosest hips of all of them i would argue however yeah. i think i if i was to rate like just transition ability to be gray tease bell would be my order of that now the thing i'm not sure of with micah bell is is this is his transition tightness more of a a technical thing or a hips thing and i there's just not enough film that i've been able to find yet ryan to determine the difference but the thing is is it doesn't really matter because when he turned once he's get turned he can freaking run (laughs) so that kid is can fly so I think that the dream scenario for Notre Dame at this point in time, Ryan, would be uh, would be that um, he they get all three. I think and, at this point in time. And I love I loved your piece recently, Brian, about two way stars, right? Yeah. Like I, I, I it was so funny. I, I messaged Brian yesterday, and I was like, get get Notre Dame, get Micah Tease, get Micah Bell, get Ronan Hannafin, right. get Jeremiah Love, and just figure it out, man. Just right. let these athletes be athletes. And like, I was like, it's funny you should say that. <laughs> an article coming out on that tomorrow <laughs> so but it is interesting and it, and it reminds me of i mean you you've seen you know what I, you know what i hope it is ryan this is a little bit off subject you know what i hope it is i hope it's a it's a it's an it's uh the beginning of us going back to the way it used to be like everybody says you can't ever go back to the way it used to be and some in a lot of ways I'm, I'm i'm cool with that right like ah the way it used to be had some great things but it's some not good things you know like 
And uh, but with football, I want to see more kids. We talked about this. I want to get away from specialists as much as possible. Now, look, there's some high schools where it works. It, it's fine, you know, you because there's just the high school so big that there's just other corners that are better better at on defense than your receivers and running backs, right? That that's a different story, right? But I want to get back to seeing more Micah Teases and Ronan Hannafins and 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 Micah Bells and and guys like that. Christian Gray, who also plays offense, right? Because I want to see more kids playing both sides of the ball. And, and I think, I mean, and Lou Holtz, I mean, I was, so it's kind of funny. I went and I'm going through Notre Dame's recruiting classes during the Holtz era. And I'm just kind of writing them all down. So I have them and everything. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, some of these guys that they had listed at run at, you know, running back, like I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm going to pull it up here real quick. Cause it was, it was kind of funny to, to kind of look through these, but it's like, some of the guys they had listed at running back, you know, it, it, when they were when they were coming up in their careers, obviously Ricky Waters was listed as a running back, and then he moved to receiver. You look at Jeff Burris; he was listed as a he was listed as a uh, uh, as as a running back when he was coming out of Notre Dame. Right there was there was one year where they had like they signed like six or seven running backs. Well, they didn't sign all those guys to play running back. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now, and it was the two, 1987 class: Tony Brooks, Lincoln Riley, Greg Davis, Ryan Mahalko, Ricky Waters. That's five guys right there that were signed to play running back. Yeah. Which, oh, and I, they actually, and they had like Todd Light listed as a receiver in, in, at the time. And it just goes to show like back then, like guys were just, they were just two-way players. And this is kind of how, how it went. And, and so I, I'd like to see that come back. I think that's good for young people's development. I think it helps their football mind when they can see the game from both sides of the ball. I'll tell you one thing. When I was, a, when I played receiver, in college it was it playing quarterback helped me be better at that position because you knew how the game was thought I knew what the quarterback wanted to do I think that's the same thing when you're talking about the other position like I know what goes in the mind of a receiver how do you know because I played it I had to think like it and vice versa so I'm hoping this is the beginning of this becoming a more regular occurrence if it but if it's not then this is a really unique year in that you've got four guys that and we included jeremiah love in the article as well along with ronan hannafin in that these are guys that that could could not only just play both sides of the ball but be good on both sides of the ball and that's the unique thing about it and of course the cornerback position is especially affected by that because you do have two guys who who could be impact guys on offense. Well, and I, I looked just recently too, Brian, like when we're talking about the cornerback position at Notre Dame, who are some of the best corners that they have seen in recent years? You talk about Cam Hart, who's a wide receiver to begin his career, right? Was recruited to be, yeah, absolutely. Julian Love was a fantastic running back out of the state of Illinois. Mm-hmm. Kavari Russell, obviously, that's an easy Kavari one. Russell was signed to play running back. Exactly. Like, it, like Julian Love was a really good running back, but they he was never recruited to play there, right? Kavari was signed with the thought he was going to play running back. And if it wasn't for Low Wood getting hurt, for those who may not remember, he that's where he was going to start his career. So, yes, you are you are absolutely correct on that, Ryan. Yep, yep. I mean, I, I, lo- I love guys that can play both sides of the football, yep. man. Because, again, especially a cornerback, usually that shows ball skills, right? right. Re- reactionary quickness. Like, there's a lot of things that translate to that side of the football. So That's something, Ryan, I'm going to say this. That's something that makes me think that 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 Clarence Lewis could could has another gear in him as a player because he was a pretty good receiver in high school. And that's why I've been surprised how just he ha- he doesn't play the ball well as a corner. Which surprises me when you can when you go back and watch his high school film. He was a pretty good wide receiver in high school for a really really good New Jersey football team. So that's that's something that makes me think like maybe it is he's thinking about his technique. He's thinking about a lot of other things as he transitions into corner and as he matures. Now he's going to be a junior. Maybe maybe there is another leap in there for him. We'll have to find out about that. But well, let's uh, hope so, let's hope so, man. New Jersey guys, yeah, you know, always yeah, no surprise you. Some other recruiting news, Ryan. Before we dive into the Q and A. And that is Braylon James. So a lot of people are confused about Braylon put a tweet out last night talking about he just said 3 p.m. You know, tomorrow, 3 p.m. That is not in referring. That's not in reference to him changing his commitment time. That is something else he's got going on. Braylon is still planning on making his announcement tomorrow night. So that'd be Tuesday night. I believe the commitment's going to happen sometime around 7, 730 Eastern, be 6, 630 Central. We'll probably go live around seven just to kind of preview things and talk about things and all that. But I just did want to mention, Ryan, uh, because there has been a lot of questions about his tweet, that that is not in reference to him changing his commitment date. But, 
you know, in advance of that, we'll talk a lot more about that tomorrow night, but I did want to mention it here because this, this is, this is one that potentially if things go well for Notre Dame, obviously tomorrow night, that it could be the thing that maybe sparks this role that Notre Dame really needs to get on because uh, the, it's it's amazing that the number one class in the country has so much negative vibes about it from its fan base right now. It's still the number one ranked class in the country, but it's because they haven't gotten a kid in a while. And so that assumes that that's a negative. But as I've tried to tell people, a lot of schools haven't gotten kids in a while. Yeah. And, and, Not, and so it's just, just let yeah. it play out. Yeah, you got to let it play out. I mean, for the fans out there, I, I get it. Like every time there's a decommitment or there hasn't been a, rec- a commitment in a while, I understand it. But I saw someone on the board a couple of days ago, Brian, after after um, after Justin Red had decommitted, that said Mike Mickens is not recruiting well, and I'm just like, didn't they just get Benjamin Morrison and Jaden Mickey last year? Like, <laughs> and we have a. I'm going to hold off on responding to that because um, there's actually a question about that that I wanted to address that during the Q and A session. But yeah, it's just just folks take a deep breath. Okay, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. So hopefully tomorrow uh, we'll find out what Braylon, we're all going to find out what Braylon James is doing. But it's interesting because we were having a, there's a battle going on on the message boards about people saying like, you know, now that it's clear that Cardinal Tate's not coming to Notre Dame. Well, I liked Braylon James anyway. And then other people like, ah, you're just saying that because Brandon. I'm like, well, in fairness, uh, myself included, there were, there were plenty of people on the message board three weeks ago when we had this conversation when we all thought Notre Dame had a great shot at Cardinal that said, uh, I think Braylon James may have more upside. And, you know, and obviously that's that's a debate that we can have because some people say Cardinal Tate. Some people will say Tyler Williams. And I think there's all there's merit to all of it. But the fact of the matter is this is a talented kid with a lot of upside and and a great fit at Notre Dame. So you'd think that Notre Dame comes in. We've liked where Notre Dame has stood for a long time, but, you know, we'll, fi- we'll have to find out tomorrow just exactly where things stand. But, this this if Notre Dame's able to to get Braylon in the class, this would be a big one. This would be a big one for the Irish. Yeah, I mean it would be a sigh of relief, obviously, from the fan base perspective. But then also it might be a little like a push for like, hey, you know, uh, Dante Moore, if you want to come to Notre Dame, things are heading in the right direction, man. You just got a really talented pass catcher out of the state of Texas. And of course, when we talk about this, we're going to talk. Uh, the Braylon James commitment specifically. We're going to talk a lot about you know getting into Texas, getting on the wide receiver board. There's a lot of layers to that commitment, and it's going to make you feel better. I mean, and honestly, we have not had a commitment, obviously, since Preston Zinter, so it's been a little bit of time here. So it's going to be exciting times if Notre Dame's able to land Braylon James. We feel good about it, but ultimately, we'll we'll see tomorrow. So we're, and we have some updates, too, because Ryan has been grinding all day. Uh, actually, was he uh, texted me last night like, hey, sorry to interrupt you on Easter, but uh, I, got a, I got a Micah Bell update that I need to put on the site. And I'm like, man, this guy's working on Easter. Uh, <laughs> love this guy. But got two updates today on the site. Well, one, they're both on the message board already. One is on the front page of the site. The other one will go up later. And you've had a chance to talk to Rodney Gallagher and Monroe Freeling. These are two huge recruits from Notre Dame. They'll both be on campus this weekend. You had a chance to talk up, talk with both of them. Uh, let's stay at receiver right away. And obviously, Rodney Gallagher is uh, going to be making his first ever trip to Notre Dame this weekend. And that is a big one, Ryan, because this is a kid that is incredibly high up on the board for Notre Dame. And this visit's going to tell us, we were kind of talking about, you know, I'm not super optimistic on this one. I just don't have a good feel for Rodney Gallagher yet. And your response was, let's see how the visit goes first, right? Because that's the big yeah. thing is we don't know because he's never been. And we have a much better idea coming out of the visit if Notre Dame is going to be a bigger, a, be, a bit, a legitimate big time player for him, or if they're just, you know, they're, they're, there's other schools that are just going to be ahead of him. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we've talked a lot about the fact that due to basketball season and his team making the playoff run that it did, that the recruiting. The recruitment just in general process was kind of put on the back burner a little bit for Rodney. So he didn't start taking visits until this weekend. I mean, I'm, this month, I mean, not this weekend. So he's he's been flooding, though, the the visit trails this, this month. He's been going everywhere. You know, mm-hmm. he's had visits to a lot of different schools, a lot Went of different Ohio spots. State this past weekend, and he hasn't, doesn't even offer from Ohio State yet. Right, right. So he's, I mean, he's doing his due diligence this month. He, he basically told me just the, the easiest way to put it is April is his month, is his test period, right? Like he wants to go to a bunch of different schools. He wants to figure out, you know, how he kind of meshes with some, some campus life, with the coaches, players, all that good stuff. And then he's going to kind of make his decision next month as far as 
What do officials look like? What's the next step? And he's going to start to really trim down that list quickly. Right. So this is going to happen very quickly. And April is a big month, obviously, for Gallagher's recruitment just in general. And, and I think he already has a couple officials already set up. I think he set up an, an official to Oklahoma State. And mm-hmm. I think he set one up for Pitt, I believe, is the other one. I, I, I'd have to go back and look at it. But he set a couple official visits up here earlier this week. But there's still several to make up. And obviously, Notre Dame would love to get him back on campus for an official. And I think if, if things go well this weekend, Ryan, we'll get word pretty quickly about him setting up an official visit for Notre Dame. So that'll be a, a key indicator in my opinion. Yeah. And he, he's been grinding the trails more than people think I grind in the, uh, in the chat section. I right make sure now. people understood Ryan grinds harder than Brian Kelly on recruiting, but he doesn't grind <laughs> like Brian Kelly in recruiting. So yeah. uh, completely, completely different types of grinding. One's appropriate. That'd be Ryan's type. The other not appropriate. That's be, it's like, it's like, you know what I think it is. I think it's my fault, everybody. It's actually my fault. What Brian Kelly is now doing at LSU, because I kept hammering him for years about, he's not grinding hard enough on a recruiting trail. And I think he misunderstood me. And uh, you know, sometimes older guys, they get out of, you know, they just, they don't know what words mean nowadays. And I think he took that in a completely different direction. So that's my fault. I blame that. That's my fault. Coach Kelly uh, for uh, coercing you into grinding on a teenager, a teenage boy uh, on a recruiting visit. So that that's on me. I, I take responsibility for that. So there's another big time recruit coming on campus this weekend, Ryan, and that is Monroe Freeling. Mm-hmm. This is the best left tackle on the board for Notre Dame, and this is going to be a huge, 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 huge weekend. So let's talk about what's the latest with Monroe Freeling. Yeah, I mean, we, we felt pretty good. We've been feeling pretty good about where things are as far as Mon- him, them being near the top of the list for Notre Dame for a while, right? And I, I think that I feel, and I have continued to feel really good about where Monroe Freeling is in, in regards to Notre Dame. It's kind of been viewed as this ultimately might be a Clemson-Notre Dame battle. And I, I think personally that Notre Dame is maybe running 1A. I think that they're right neck to neck. Like, I don't think that there's a clear leader in either direction. So I think they're in a good spot just going into it. And I think that, honestly, it has been improved since Harry Heastan has come aboard. Because I think that he liked Jeff Quinn, but I think he's very impressed with Harry Heastan. And Harry Heastan made it a very early priority. I need to get out to see this kid. I need to go to a school. I need to see him play basketball. I need to keep in touch. And I mean, they're in frequent conversation and he's been on campus uh, pretty recently. um, And now he's going to make it there this weekend for the blue goal game, obviously. But he informed me that him and his mom are flying out Thursday Mm -hmm. because they want multiple days there. They don't want to just come in for Saturday for the game. They want to be there with the coaches, with the team, see everything, right? They want to really get an in-depth look and in-depth conversations with this staff. So I think that's huge, man. That's a huge first step and a positive step, really positive. The second positive, if you're on the board, I already put an update on this earlier. He's already set up his official visit to Notre Dame for the June 10th to 12th weekend, which is going to be a big weekend for Notre Dame. So that's going to be three visits when he, when he goes in June and since the beginning of of January. Yeah. Yeah, Less than because his first visit was January 29th. Yeah. So his third would be would be June. So yeah, I, I like where Notre Dame is at. And I feel like this is one where I I, I this visit's gonna be big. I think Notre Dame's lost a little bit of the perceived mo- uh, you know uh, momentum simply because he's been to other places, but I think this is the weekend that you can get it all back. Yeah, there, there's no doubt about it. And so it'll be the like you said, actions speak louder than words, right? That's what we always say. You know, sure. kids say one thing. Well, what we were a little bit concerned about Christian Gray only taking a one day trip to Notre Dame. Well, this is a complete opposite. This is a kid that's going to be in town minimum three days. That's assuming they leave after the visit and don't wait till Sunday to fly out. I would imagine they're probably going to wait till Sunday to fly out. So, you know, fly in Thursday, probably fly out either Saturday night or Sunday. So this is a this is a big one for Notre Dame. Yeah, and I mean, just just a little bit of context. He has Monroe has kind of disclose that he is going to take his time with this recruitment, right? right? Like it might bleed into his senior season. Exactly. But I I mean, we talked before the show, those things can change very quickly, but just for some context where it currently stands, that's kind of the timeline. But again, point is he's not coming this weekend thinking if it goes well, you're going to get a commitment. That's, that's not what we're thinking. Look, anything can happen. That's not what we're thinking uh, at this point in time. But you know, as I told you, when we were discussing it, you know, Tobias Merriweather was saying the same thing last year too. He was mm-hmm. talking about, I'm going to wait till my senior season. CJ Williams had been talking about that. And they all, you know, Tobias obviously committed in what, June, July, July, something like that. 
Yeah. So those things can change. But the other thing too is is they gotta they gotta get a couple linemen in the class to speed that process up. Because right now there's no reason for any of these linemen to make a decision because they have zero linemen in the class. So right. you know, if they could get a a Sam Pendleton and Austin Saraveld or both in the class that might help like, Hey, look, we love you, but we got to know where things stand. But I think this visit could, could be one of the things that maybe can be that for Monroe. But, you know, I like the fact that he's coming in with, I like the fact when kids are thinking, I want this to be a longer term thing because I feel like if they then decide to change that, it's because, because something was just so like certain that I have to do this. Whereas kids that, kind of put themselves on an arbitrary early timeline can kind of maybe rush into a decision. And, you know, that's kind of how that can go from time to time. So that is where things stand. And Ryan, you'll, we'll have tons of updates all week. So if you're not on the message board, you need to be on it. Ryan's going to get all the updates on it. We've got tons of kids. Uh, Sean just sent me uh, his Christian gray story. So I'll get that up here in a little bit as well. But uh, Ryan's going to have a, a ton of, ton of stuff. We'll have a full Monroe feeling with all the different quotes and all those different things. Uh, from that interview here coming up after the show is over as well. So definitely, definitely, definitely stay locked into the message board. And so that's going to conclude the recruiting hour of our show a little bit earlier, but that's going to allow us to transition right into the daily mailbag. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.